Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by those beautiful people at 4Golf Custom. If you didn't know where they are, they're in Clean Castle. Just go to 4golf.ie forward slash booking and you'll be able to book. And why would you book? It's because it's tour level experience, five star service, custom fitting. And it's not just me or you that go there. There's also some tour pros that go there. Over to you, Seamus. Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at 4Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years and they're the best in the business. And that is literally straight from the fairways of the PGA Tour. Seamus getting fit and taken care of by Derek and Co. in 4Golf since he was about 14 or 15 years of age. Um, but this week's episode, um, contrary to popular opinion is not about a big advertisement it's about um stories in golf and that's why i pick up the microphone each and every week and have chats with people in golf and specifically irish golf and this week's episode why you press play today is to listen to matthew mclean u.s mid-am champion 2022 and defeated his great pal and friend of this podcast hugh foley in the final his interview's coming next week and um and now matthew gets to play in the U.S. Amateur next week gets a buy into final qualifying for um, Q School, I think it is, and gets to play in the U.S. Open next year in uh, Los Angeles Country Club, LACC, the LAC, and may or may not we get into it, um, get into the the Masters, um, a tradition unlike any other. But you're here to listen to Matthew, not to me. So sit back, relax. Maybe you're on your walk. Maybe you're on your way to the gym or work or the golf course. But yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, roll it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What did he get at? Donald Donovan is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. Round and McLean, are you ready to tee it up? You're just off a plane, jet lagged. How how has has it set in yet that you're mid and champ of the US of a tournament that you didn't really uh, have any idea about at the start of the year, maybe? <laughs> yeah, not really, probably not. So I think over the next couple of weeks, just when you know I sort of meet a few people and talk about it and these sorts of things as well uh, it will sort of kick in a bit more I think but yeah I think the trophy gets sent out I think in the next sort of two to three weeks so when the trophy arrives and sitting in the house it'll probably probably sink in fully no deadly I have to say something first I did a, a whole pile of googling Matt McLean golf Matt McLean scholarship Matt McLean US golf and of course all current articles are about the USM but to find you before 18 months ago, did you just live in the optometrist room and you did you weren't very um, out there? Like, I was checking one of the best amateurs in the country now. So, generally, the first question I ask is, what is your earliest memory in golf? If we can start with that one. Yeah, well, I started, I probably started playing about 10 or 11, so socially, just over the summer, you know, pretty much free childcare, I think, for at a, at a golf club. Uh, when, when we were off school so I played golf played football played Gaelic uh, pretty sort of competitively all three of them and then once out of the summer yeah it got sort of more football season the Gaelic season so golf took a bit of a back seat 
probably up until about 15 and then took golf a bit more seriously. I think the Sundays and Saturdays clashed with obviously golf competitions on the Saturday and Sundays. Uh, and then the football were, were the same sort of day. So I just sort of, I was, I was decent. I was decent at football and Gaelic, but I think golf just sort of stood out probably that as a bit better at that compared to the other two. So, and I think sort of, I, I just preferred playing it. So, you know, I took that a bit more seriously from, from that sort of age uh, onwards. And then I play a bit of social football now and again, but less and less due to, due to injuries mainly. I think I think when Rory McIlroy went over in his personal football pitch and rolled the ankle, I think every golfer took into account their uh, their footballing ability and yeah. reined it in a small bit. I did I did the same thing, the same injury, the sort of the ligaments in the ankle playing football. I think I was in uni, maybe twenty or twenty one, and and was sort of I was at the end of the golf season, so I didn't really miss any golf. But I actually, you know, I can laugh about it now. Most, more recently did it uh, in South Africa uh, when we were away, the last day in South Africa. Uh, yeah, I tore ligaments pretty bad in my left ankle. Um, so that, that was a bit of an issue. I, was, I, was, I couldn't walk for four weeks and I was out of golf for about sort of seven weeks, eight weeks maybe, uh, which okay. wasn't a great start to the season. So were you swimming with Jacks in South Africa or were you... No, so we slightly more embarrassed, and we were on a trampoline in a theme park in South Africa. So, uh, okay. the, there's five of us, like five of us were there. So, we uh, the way it worked out, there was a thunderstorm come in, and every everything else was closed apart from the trampoline. So we had already paid the money in. Thought we might as well go in for ten minutes, and after about three minutes, yeah, we sort of had a bit of an issue. Kaput, kaput. So. Took off a bit more steer around 15, 16. How, what was the handicap around then? Was this low, low single digits? Was it on the plus side? Yeah, I think I was, I think I was, I was quite low pretty early. I think I was off maybe five when I was like 13, which was pretty low at the time. Uh, and then I sort of hovered about that for a while. I was maybe one or two handicap up until about sort of 16, 17. And then I think I was scratched when I was about 18, maybe. Uh, but it feels as if a scratch handicap is different <laughs> back then i sort of i didn't know anyone who played off plus Old four money. plus five or <laughs> you know a scratch player was like an irish international i think uh back then so i got a scratch when i was about 18 right and then sort of plus one plus two for the next two years after that um so yeah rough roughly sort of never i didn't break scratch before 18 i remember i had a bet with my mum that if i could uh, if i could make scratch before i was 18 uh, i was i think it was a pair of jay Lindbergh golf shoes which were all the age back then. The 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 Jay Lindeberg by Puma special yeah. collection. Those yeah, ones. Yeah, exactly. So but I think yeah, I, I can remember well, I didn't get the golf shoes anyway, so I obviously didn't I obviously didn't make it in time. <laughs> no, I did, I hit eBay up for them about you know, 2011, 12, I snagged me a pair, but so they're they're still out there. You know? Yeah, they're still yeah, they are pretty cool. No, I, I sort of quite like I quite like the shoes, so uh, I never quite got a pair. I never quite got a pair of them. So there's time yet. I was looking at results over the past two years, and because uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, only it was before the mid. Um, it was around the time of the the home international some or some European team. They're like, "Who's this Matt McLean fella?" Now this guy's over in the states and he used to be involved. He used to be a decent Irish amateur himself. And I was like, to be honest, 
I'm not quite sure. <laughs> he's been around and he's been doing really well over the last year. So when you're off plus one, two as an 18-year-old, through to the last 18 months, were you on and off the amateur circuit? Did Like me, did college take over and work take over? or? Yeah, it's got a boat. So I, so I, I, I played boys at their provincials in my last year. And then while I was in uni, I played relatively competitive golf, played the championships and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then at 21, 22, I moved to England for work uh, after university and sort of stopped playing all the championships. Maybe played one, maybe came back to play the North, maybe. Uh, and then, yeah, sort of took a break from the championships for three years, maybe. Uh, just, yeah, just purely for work. So, and then I took sort of time out from work to come back to play golf. And that's been the last four years, maybe, I've been doing that. Yeah, I read an article, believe it or believe it not, sometimes I prepare for these discussions. <laughs> <laughs> and I read an article that you said to your mom um, you were going to give it three years in the in the amateur flight to see, to give it a go and see, you know, to test your level, to then maybe look at turning pro. And then kind of COVID happened. Um, yes. And I suppose this has been the first proper full season you've had to have a go at it. Maybe the second one, 2019 and maybe this year. Will I be right in saying that? Did I read the right article? Yeah, that's, well, that's pretty much spot on. Yeah, so I think it was 2018 is when I sort of first, is it was the first year I took out for golf. Uh, and then it was sort of, yeah, it's not just going to go straight sort of to where you want to go after a year playing golf. It's obviously a lot harder than that. So yeah, 2018, 2019, made the Irish team in 2019 at Lynch. And then, yeah, coming into 2020, sort of, that's when it all sort of stopped. So I, I sort of got two years in. 2020 was pretty much cancelled fully and then 2021 was maybe got half a season in and then this year was the sort of the third full season but yeah so this is probably the third full season the way I'm looking at it but this is then what the fifth 18 yeah so nearly five years so yeah the two years definitely delayed it a bit but yeah that, that's pretty much right I sort of said three years maybe four years to to see what to see what it's like then and then yeah i'm obviously staying amateur next year uh for obviously the two invites and then ideally then you know walker cup is is the big goal for next year as well in september where's walker cup on next year st andrews yeah that, yeah, andrews. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'll be a nice one to, to yeah, make. be a nice one yeah Absolutely. definitely so come here to me i was looking at the results and they went back about 18 months and consistency, I think, is definitely the word. Top, plenty of top tens, fourths, fifths, and in, in the Irish majors, couple, was there a couple of wins in the UK over there? And um, second in the North, I think Mr. Foley pipped you in the North this year. Yeah. You got, <laughs> but you got your own back there. Wow. <laughs> you had to go to America to get it, but you got it back. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's about right. I think the, I've, I read a few sort of, headlines or in Irish golf and these sorts of things where it's yeah Mr. Consistency which is good in a way not good in, the, in, in another way but yeah no I'd say I, I, I got beaten a playoff in Irish Am this year by Colm I think he did a podcast with at the start yeah. of the year so he, yeah, he beat me in a playoff uh, at the start of the year again he held two sort of pretty pretty good putts in the last two greens as well I was watching the putt on the 18th green as well so that's that hurt but the yeah, so I got beat the playoff, and then yeah, Hugh had two unbelievable rounds from the last day of the North. He's four under, four under, 
in pretty pretty tough conditions off the backs in Dunluce. So, uh, yeah, that was that was sort of a tough one to take, I think, at the time, especially after the second in uh, in the island, and uh, maybe third in Brabazon was probably another uh, sort of one of the best finishes. But yeah, I think if you came second all year round, you would probably swap it for one win and you know five missed cuts if you were sort of looking at it that way. So yeah, it's yeah the last week just sort of really yeah finished off the season on a on a pretty you know a perfect note really. Absolutely, I was listening to I must finish actually um no laying ups interview with Shane Lowry. You might listen to it on the plane. The background might yeah, be on yeah. your to do list, but he was saying um he said something like he doesn't care about the consistency level he doesn't care if you miss you know five missed cuts but when it comes to the big weeks he you know he he's a big event tournament a big tournament type of guy it seems after when it went worth in the open and um wgc's and stuff like that so in terms for yourself if you look at the if you look at the results it is those bigger tournaments that you seem to you know, coming to second and the thirds, and now you know you've the win under your belt. Would you see that the same way, or is there a different level of preparation for in your yeah. head that goes towards some tournaments? I probably just play, I try, well, try to play every week the same, no matter what sort of level it is. Any, any championship I think I've played this year, it's, it's one worth winning. You know, there's obviously ones that are slightly bigger than others, but they're all big enough to be sort of really, you know, paying attention to. Absolutely. I, I think generally speaking, I just I generally swing it pretty consistent. I don't really do anything odd in the swing or swing it overly fast. So generally speaking, there's not massive, you know, margins for error. So it's it's generally pretty straight. And I don't swing it overly fast. So you know, I always sort of think it's the consistency comes from that that I'll I'll generally hit it pretty straight. Putting's generally good, you know, so that's where the consistency comes from, I feel. But then, yeah, it's just taking it to the next sort of level and being able to, you know, add on 5% to be able to sort of win the tournament, which obviously the fields you play in nowadays in amateur golf are so good that you do have to sort of step it. You don't get handed it anymore. I remember playing amateur golf maybe 10 years ago. You used to always just sort of stick about there and be, you know, eventually someone's going to make a mistake and, and you can win it. Whereas now it feels very much the opposite. You have to, you know, go out and win, make a birdie or make a, you know, a good power holes to, to win tournaments as, a, as opposed to being able to just stick about and not being handed them, but, you know, a mistake from someone else. Yeah, graft it, grind it out and, and, and stick <laughs> it out and, and, and be, yeah, absolutely. So now having the, the win under the bed, we'll say, can you identify what that 5% was? between you coming second and thirds versus, you know, go, going out and, and taking it? Yeah, I think it's, it's I, I think it's purely just mindset. I, I don't think I played, I, I didn't play, my best shots weren't any better last week than any other tournament this year. I think just coming down into the sort of the stretch and having the mindset of that, you just got to keep the swings as aggressive as possible. Try not to back off it you know trying to just sort of poke something down there or pots get a wee bit sort of slow and a wee bit timid so yeah i was just trying to play the exact same way all the way through which is you know the easiest thing to say and sort of the hardest thing to do you see so any any sort of golf competition you watch even the professionals coming down the stretch the pots do get slower and you do you get a few swings that aren't quite sort of the same rhythm the same tempo so but again i just put that down to 
the amount of times I've tried to do it and the amount of times I've been in the position this year to be able to win something. And I, I felt more comfortable as as the sort of years gone on in the in the position. And then, you know, it just sort of probably helped playing against you as well on the final day with what's at stake. It just sort of, I think, relaxed both of us that we were playing against someone we knew. Uh, and it just sort of went, if someone's going to win it, it's going to be one of one of the two of us. So that that probably helped in the in the end as well. Absolutely, absolutely. How did you end up in Erin Hills? Was it was it on the calendar all year, or how did you earmark it? Because I say that because I'm 35, and I I only found out about three weeks ago that there's mid ends in Ireland that I'm both yeah. low enough and now old enough to yeah. play <laughs> with the last five years. I could have yeah. been playing them, you know. So how did it come about that you're like actually the, the U.S. mid end that Stuart Hagestad has won twice? Yes. Um, so- yeah, because the, the Irish, I think, was was 35, I think, was it? I think it's maybe changed to 30 now. Um, so I, I, in my head, I was always sort of <laughs> a good bit away from that. But it's, I'm getting closer now. But I was always in my head that it wasn't really a thought in my head. And I just sort of assumed it was the same everywhere else. But, yeah, obviously the U.S. is, is over 25. So, I, yeah, I didn't, know it was, I didn't know it existed last year, I think. I think it was Mark Boucher. Uh, we were away at one of the tournaments this year. Uh, brought it up. He said, "You see, yes, he's like he just turned twenty-five, maybe." Uh, and he was aware. He's obviously college in America, so uh, yeah, he just brought up the, the sort of the, the idea that yeah, that's at Aaron Hills as well. Obviously, a you know pretty famous golf course. So I just sort of thought, yeah, and then obviously the prize at stake to play for it was a bit of a no-brainer, I think, uh, at the start. Uh, and then obviously in the end, there's only two of us, two of us ended up going out. But I think it's it's a pretty good tournament for Irish golfers as well, with the sort of generally speaking the age profile of the Irish amateur golf. It tends to be a bit higher than than sort of most other countries. But it's probably just that tradition of amateur golf in Ireland. You know, it, it does keep people in amateur golf a bit longer. So yeah, going forward, I'd say we may well see a few more sort of Irish guys enter it from now on but uh yeah no i i pure i i hadn't heard of it six or five months ago so i was sort of fairly thankful to mark for for bringing that up when we were i think it was Lytham we were he brought it up fair, fair juice to him fair juice to him he's definitely opened up the eyes up to uh to the two e and and, and you bring the, du- the the w home the dub yeah, uh, yeah, yeah definitely opened up the eyes up to every other amateur that you've you know been been playing and beating all all year now uh, and in the last couple of years so, I have you Foley on next week, but I've had a chat with him already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so prepared. And he, te- he told me that you were playing unbelievable golf in the week before the US met him in the preparation rounds and socially. Um, was he having me on or were you like, yeah, I was in good form and I was going in thinking, I have a chance here. Uh, yeah, we did. We played very well. So it's it's we had two weeks basically out there together. So I played, I played in France, then a golf national and the the Eisenhower Trophy the week before. Uh, didn't play great at all. Uh, I I put a new driver in the bag, uh, and sort of had to get used to it at some point. So I just had to, you know you have to sort of pick a week and go with it. So I didn't I didn't drive it too bad, but I wasn't overly fully comfortable. I think with it just yet. But didn't play great all around in France, so that was that was probably the worst week I've had all year uh, in France. 
so it was almost good it was good to have that week to sort of say right that's a bad week you know there's often i think the, the good weeks come straight after a bad week at times because it sort of takes a bit of pressure off so we went out to america on the sunday the fourth and i, I got in contact with a friend in malone who i play with uh knows a guy greg zeman out in in chicago he lives sort of north side of chicago so he's very kindly brought me in here and put us up for a few nights in his house and brought us out for a couple of games in Shoreacres Golf Club, which is fantastic. It's, I think, talking to the locals, it's pretty much impossible to get onto. So we were very lucky, very lucky to get an opportunity to play it twice. So we went out, I think the first day we played, played a four ball, better ball match. I think I shot three under maybe, um, which is pretty good. Sort of hadn't seen the course before. You know, fast, tough American green. So shot three under. And then the two days later, we went out and I went out in 29 in the front nine, which standard. Not too sure I've done before or not. So I think it was six through nine. I think it was six, I think it was six or five under through nine. So, and then I think maybe shot six or five for the round. So the first two rounds, yeah, it was sort of maybe nine under for the, the two rounds. And obviously, social golf's a bit different, but. Uh, it was yeah, it was a good start that week, and then the practice rounds felt pretty comfortable. So it was yeah, the week before helped I think just to get used to the greens and the green on the greens, speed, firmness, all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, it was good to, to play a couple of rounds with you as well, and just you know feed off each other because uh, obviously the standard is is very good. You know, we were probably thinking in the back of our minds it's a mid arm competition. You know, what's the standard going to be like? Because, you know, it's obviously a lot of guys turn pro in America straight after college. But yeah, the, you know, the qualifying was was very good. Aaron Hills is no sort of gimme golf course. And the other golf course was meant to be the easy golf course out of the two. And I was five over three, six in the first round. So it wasn't looking overly good for me uh, at the beginning. You're five over through six holes in the first round. What's going through your head? Yeah, you can imagine. The first thought is they're just flowing. What are we even half, doing here? <laughs> I've flown eight and a half hours to come out here and to play 18 holes of golf and shoot 80 and then go home. That was that, that definitely went through my head. But yeah, I didn't play that bad. In fairness, it was just the greens were really firm, fast, tough pins. So I just probably played a bit too aggressive. I made doubles and bogeys out of, out of the middle of the fairway. So I sort of had to tell myself, yeah, just give it a bit of time and try to relax a wee bit. And, just see what you can get back. So play the next 10 and it's five or three. It's play the next 10 and three under to sort of finish off the round. And then, yeah, just played, played a really good round on the, on the second day around Aaron Hills. So, um, and then that you sort of comfortably ended up getting through, I think I finished seventh or tied sixth in the, in the qualifying. So my, my buddy Haggistad, I, I say that because I followed him for a day in the, in the, in the USM in, in Ridgewood. Yeah. Um, and a quick chat with him about oh, you're from Ireland and everyone's really nice from Ireland and whatever. <laughs> so I was tracking the two E and I was tracking Stewie. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I hope one of the lads comes up against him and hammers him. <laughs> but I think he was I think he was beaten before I think he was beaten with the guy you played in the semi final, am I right? Semis were quarters, I'm not sure. I think yeah. yeah, I'm not I can't remember, but I remember looking at the draw after the qualifying and me and Hugh were on the opposite sides. So I think it was the last 16. 
where if I won the last 16 match, I think I met him in the next round, maybe. Or it might have been the semis, but I'm not too sure. But yeah, I had. And then I think there was another guy in the qualifying from Singapore who had, I think he was fourth or fifth in the qualifying. And I don't think he hadn't gone past 13, I think, in the first three matches. Oh, Jesus. So, I was like, so, so I've got him in the next round. And then you've got Stuart Hagestad in the next round. And then you got Hugh in the next round. It's like, this is going to be tough. But then the Singapore player actually lost. So I played another guy and then Hagestad lost as well. So I played, but you still had to play the winners. The guys who beat them guys as well here, obviously, playing good. So when you were both watching the draw and you're both staying in the same gaff, what was there a stage in the week when yourself and Hugh were like, we, we could meet each other in the final here? Was it at the start of the week when it was a bit of a laugh, or was it really semi final day you realized, yeah, this if we do it, yeah. we could be in the final together? Yeah, we sort of said, you know, probably jokingly at the start before the tournament even started. It was like, yeah, ideally, well, we made a deal that whoever got put out first would then carry for, for the other one for the rest of it. So that was the initial deal. And then we thought, well, if we just both qualify, opposite end of the draws and we'll meet in the final uh, that's sort of the ideal situation which you know we're obviously joking about it but it sort of obviously did, it did happen and then i would say i would say probably about the quarter or the last 16 was was when it really looked like it was going to be a possibility because we were both playing well sort of you know getting through matches playing good golf but well like she went in sort of six and five and five and fours so we sort of thought, you know, this could be a possibility now. And then each sort of time it happened, he was playing just ahead of me, I think, uh, in most of the matches. So I was sort of going around, then he was standing at the 16th green. I was like, well, he looks pretty happy. So obviously <laughs> I've got him uh, coming up now. Uh, so yeah, probably about the last 16 is when we really looked at and thought the chances here now, if we actually just play a bit of good golf, we could well meet each other in the final. So when you did... Which is a which is a fantastic achievement as it is to get to the final. Um, did you have to draw a chalk line down the middle of the house the night before? It's like you stay over there and I stay over here. I'll get my own Uber tomorrow, you know. Or did yeah. you did you have the dinner together? Did you go to the course together as normal? Or what yeah, what, yeah. what happened? Yeah, no, we did. Everything was the same. Yeah, I think it was it worked out sort of pretty well the way we were obviously we were sharing the same car same house similar tea time so it was every pretty pretty much every minute of the two weeks we were you know at some point seeing each other within sort of every half an hour so yeah no it was the exact same thing so the semi-finals obviously we were not playing against each other yet and we you know sincerely wanted each other to get to the final and then the the final was funny because it was over two days so obviously it's meant to be 36 in one day which is okay because you go to bed that night and then you have the final and then it's over so we played the semis both won the afternoon of the the, the first round it was sort of yeah we, we obviously was competitive it wasn't sort of we weren't sort of laughing and joking on the way around but it was yeah it was all very friendly it wasn't there was no sort of there was no sort of animosity at all. So it was still, it was a very friendly game. You know, we were saying good shot to each other and, you know, everything you would do if you were just playing a normal sort of match against each other. And then the, 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 the night, if you like, we were sort of sitting in the house and we were sort of just having dinner at the table. So it, it probably felt a bit odd that I don't really felt like we were playing for that sort of, that sort of level of prize the next day. 
Um, and then we were knackered anyway, so we were in bed by probably nine o'clock. So, uh, and then just the same again the next day. It was all same sort of same sort of standard of, of play. And yeah, I think we jet both generally were, were sort of happy that one or the other could win. Uh, and it was sort of that's the way I sort of looked at it. And I'm pretty sure he was the same as well. If it was a Netflix documentary, it'd kind of be that fairy tale ending, you know. Two guys go over about a tournament they hadn't heard of five months beforehand, stay in the yeah. same house all week, and one of them ends up winning it, you know? Yeah, yeah. and at Aaron Hills as well, obviously, the, the sort of the link to sort of Ireland and the name and sort of Shamrock logo and like the effort to try to make the golf course, you know, have similarities to Lynx Golf and things like that. Uh, in America, obviously, the sort of Irish people are pretty well liked uh, in America anyway, so... Yeah, it was yeah, it was, it was pretty much the perfect week. Uh, I couldn't really have, you know, drawn it up any better. Well, I haven't said it yet. Congratulations on the Thanks. on winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come here to me. How much up to optometry have you done in this year, last year? Or is it career break, or do you still try and try and blend high level elite amateur golf with with a day job? Yeah, so I'll pretty much. I'll work when there's not a golf tournament on. So this year's been, you know, f- packed with golf from from like Lytham in the start of May until last week. There was maybe three weeks where there wasn't a competition on. So like I worked one or two of those weeks. Um, so yeah, it's at the, the past five months, it's been just golf, yeah. So I'm back. I think I've got a couple of just social games this week, which is already had sort of penciled in, which will be fun. And then, yeah, I'll sort of get back to sort of pretty much full time then from uh, start of October onwards. But again, obviously with the Masters in, in April, it'll, it'll, it'll probably be about three months, maybe three and a half months. Uh, and then, yeah, the golf season starts again. So it's relentless. Well, is, is, it a, is it a family business optometrist or is it, or is it a very understanding uh, employer so i so i'm self-employed so i just look i i do okay. i'm locum at the moment so yeah i i can you, you have no sort of contract to do any amount of days or anything like that so uh, oh, that's nice yeah. and flexible then that, that yeah that so it's the, only, it's, but, yeah. it's the only way you could do it um so i've yeah you, you just sort of take whatever want the amount of time you want off and then when you get back in you try to sort of just work as much as you can as well, you know, doing sort of six day weeks, seven day weeks, uh, just sort of trying to cram a few extra, a few extra days in, uh, into the month. I hear you because something I, I like chatting with, with amateurs like yourself, with people who have a, a full-time job for most of the, of the year, if not all of the year is how do you maintain the level of performance from, we'll say mid October now through to next, you know, beginning of April. How do you break? How do you manage your time between work hours and practice play? Yeah, well, well I, do, I don't know. I don't know the answer as such. It's, I think you just do whatever you do, and hopefully that works relatively well. The last last sort of year or two years, I've just basically hardly hardly touched the golf clubs. Then from from October to December, maybe went and hit balls a couple of times, or maybe had a game once a week or once every two weeks, depending on weather. So I pretty much just take a complete break from it. And then I'll go back and do two or three weeks of just sort of constant practice and sort of a couple of lessons. And generally speaking, I'm so, I, because I'm not really overly technical, 
I'll generally just sort of pick the golf club up and swing it relatively similar to what I sort of normally swing it like. What with obviously practice to sort of make it a bit more sort of, you know, fine-tuned. Uh, so yeah, I'll pretty much yeah put the golf clubs down for a few months now. Work and then come January probably. Start of January, middle of January, I'll sort of get them back out again. Um, You'll fire up the jets. Yeah, although we do we do have one this year, the uh, the concession cup, which is Europe against America for mid arms. Um, me, uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm playing it in middle of November in Valderrama for uh, for this not a bad spot. Not a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's middle of uh, middle is it middle, middle or start of November. There's the, there's that match, so that will be the only thing I think I have scheduled in uh, over over the winter. So, although saying that, I'll have to probably go and do a bit of practice before going to Valderrama. If, if the sort of maybe of, maybe just long irons, you know. I hear yeah. I've never played it. I just hear it's incredibly tight. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. that's what I've been told. It's that yeah, the fairways are getting narrower and narrower every year, uh, and it's if you're not hitting straight and swinging it, it's next to impossible. So that should be fun for a sort of middle of November date. I think I think Gavin Moynihan loves the place. I mean, yeah, he does he play do. well down there. So you might have a game or two with Gav between, <laughs> between now and then. Yeah, yeah. I did through my extensive research. Uh, I did come across the list of kind of things you qualify for now for yeah. after have, after winning the US um, mid am and I think well one is a spot in the US Open. Yeah. Uh, a spot in the the US Amateur. Yeah. Um, I forget where it's on. It's on in New York somewhere, isn't it? Um, uh, the, I think the US Amateurs in, I guess, Cherry Hills in Colorado. Like the US Mid-Ams in Sleepy Hollow in New York. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. A 10-year exemption yeah. for the Mid-Am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're in now until, until, nice, you're, yeah. until you're 40 nearly. Yeah, huh? pretty Where's much, that? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then quasi maybe... I, d- I don't know if there's any official news yet of uh, playing in the Masters. That's kind of a, a silent, untold guarantee, but not official. Yes, so I, I, don't, I don't really know how it officially works or how it doesn't work, but what I grasped from was that because the SGA run the US Open, they officially give you the invite for the US Open. And then I think there's been a, a deal over the, I think since 2016, maybe, that then the ma- because the Masters run their own event, there's a sort of an agreement that the winner gets an invite through through the Masters, which is I, I don't know when it comes out or anything to be honest with you. So yeah. I, I don't know any more yeah. about it's it. Than a, you, it's a honest. tradition unlike any other. Yes, so exactly. That's how, that's I think how it it's works. A, it's a tradition that hasn't been broken yet. So hopefully this isn't the first year that it's broken. But hopefully not. Uh, Ho- yeah, hopefully I, I think not. I think what I've been told is that yes, it's it's guaranteed to the point that you still have to get the invite. But fingers crossed, anyway. Yeah. Fingers crossed, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Camille, what was it you get? You get through to a qualifying stage, is it as well of, of something else as well? I don't know actually. Are you, are you skip it. Yeah. Um, so um, I'll send you the link. Yeah, yeah. See all probably, the things. I should probably have a look at it and actually see what it does. Uh, <laughs> not today. Not maybe not today. Today's a yeah. day for the couch and Netflix and maybe watching the, the, the last time, dance yeah. all over again. Yeah, exactly. With, with all, with. With all the time being spent, I suppose, in, in tournaments since May, and now you'll go into this, uh, like a pretty grueling work schedule to catch up and kind of hopefully pay for something next year. Mm-hmm. But what does Matt McLean do for fun? Uh, I, I don't know. 
Uh, well, a lot of the time, you sort of it is obviously so much golf related throughout the year. That's that's. I would generally go if I was going out for a holiday, I would go away and sort of take the clubs and sort of have a bit of relaxed sort of golf in the sun. That would be sort of the ideal week. Um, we sort of generally with sort of friends and sort of family over the years are going sort of skiing as well. But I think I'll have to put that one on hold this this at winter. Risky. Go, but yeah. at risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll take the skis <laughs> with me. So, yeah, something just holiday-wise, something sort of active. Like I can't I can't sit on a beach and buy a pool for eight hours sunbathing. It just drives me crazy. So anything that's sort of, you know, that's sort of some sort of activity in it, uh, generally speaking. And then, yeah, outside of that, I just sort of feel as if the last couple of years is that with the amount of golf you play, that's pretty much all all you do you sort of golf and then if you've if you're no golf on you're working so uh yeah not not a huge amount other outside of golf and any any just sort of a bit of you know activity a bit of competitive state keeps me occupied no deadly and people listening won't get it because i don't do the video part so okay. you didn't have to you didn't have to comb the beard yeah or put the beard oil in don't worry well, but you look great anyway. Oh, thanks <laughs> but what people won't know is that, is that a Glen, it's a Glen Eagles top, is it? Glen, a Glen Eagles hoodie. Glen Eagles, or... yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Uh, we get out there. Um, i trying to remember what turn it was. Scottish Amp. We, uh, it was me, Mark Boucher, and TJ Ford. We, were, we went up to Scottish Amp this year. And then we had, uh, yeah, we were lucky to be, get a sort of invite or, uh, down to Glen Eagles. Uh, so we we got out for the day, played the course, and sort of you know had to had to stop into the pro shop while I was there, of course. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool place. And the reason I mention it is is the question would be like I try and like I try and pick up a, a ball marker, right? Yeah. Of all the like the marquee golf courses I might get to play in now and then, but given they want to travel and the and the prestigious courses you have the you know the opportunity to play, is there anything you've tended to pick up? Along the way, do you have a drawer of pins or, or like, is, is the bag like weighed down with the amount of visitor? Yeah. What are they called? Um, I don't know, they're badges or whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I sort of, yeah. Hanging off I, the bag. Yeah. Bag I did, tags, that's it. Bag tags, yeah. I did like a year of playing golf and I was going around these sort of golf courses and you're sort of playing really, you know, golf courses you're probably never going to play again or never be able to play again. And then sort of the last year, sort of thought, you know what, you're going to these golf courses, you know, probably buy a bit more than I should uh, at most of them. But I have uh, I have started like a putter head cover collection, which was, I've started it now. It sort of feels like I have to keep on going with it. But uh, so, yeah, it's just sort of, yeah, putter head covers and sort of the idea is just trying to get a wee sort of display going at some point, uh, whenever, you know, maybe a year or two's time, I'll have them all, all together. So. I'll do putter head covers, but yeah, ball markers are, are a pretty easy one as well. So yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for pro shops and merchandise and things like that. I'm deadly. Uh, I used to always wonder why the hell there was like cuddly bears and teddy bears and stuff. And now I understand it's because people have kids yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have ball markers for me, but I think there's five teddy bears now. In our entrance hallway, Le Hinch okay. and Barry Liffin, and there's one for the Masters. And yeah. there's one from... I haven't. Uh, so, yeah. I haven't quite I have a shelf yeah, looked at here. those just yet. <laughs> I'll have a shelf back here with just a, a collection of teddy bears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be golf quite, bears. Yeah, yeah. I haven't quite gone down that right yet myself now. So, <laughs> I'll stick to the Potterhead covers. Uh, Do you? Uh, Do you? Uh, 
generally there's a few courses that you sort of yeah <laughs> you, you see the schedule at the start of the year and you go oh this golf course there and then you have, you have two or three golf courses marked out in advance for the year that you're sort of you're looking forward to and seeing what the brew shops are like no deadly well look at these are the most important questions now so so whatever about the last 20 minutes or so it's yeah. time for matt mclean's quick fire q a so are you ready oh don't know yeah we'll see what would your walk on song be between two i think i would go for dreams by fleetwood mac okay okay a bit more relaxed chilled out there we go. So everyone's now going to be real calm now for the next three minutes as the podcast rolls out. <laughs> Gym or pizza? Pizza. Hat, visor or a bucket hat? Bucket hat. That's because you play a lot of sun golf now. That's yeah, because exactly. Really... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's taken off the last year or two, I think, the style of bucket hat. So I wear more hats, but I think the, I think the bucket hat is pretty cool look. I didn't get sunburned at the base of my neck at all this year. Yeah. Bucket yeah, hat yeah. life. No, it's definitely, it's definitely <laughs> taken off. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Walk or cart? Walk. Win the Open or win the Masters? <laughs> I'll say the Masters for next year. <laughs> Good man. Instagram or Twitter? Uh, Instagram. Play or practice? Play. Nice one. Uh, scenario question. I don't know if you've listened to these before, so if you have, no, it's like all this, but if you ever, oh, deadly. So we'll say you're after the, the, the Monday after the Masters. Yeah. You may have won it. You may have won it. Let's, so let's if I made it the cut, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> silver medal. What did they get? They get silver medal, did they? Uh, I don't know what it is, the, but the, yeah, the some lead, sort the of. Lead yeah. amateur. The lead amateur medal, yeah. So you're sitting down to dinner to celebrate a fantastic week in, in, in Augusta. You're at the top of the table. You have three people down the left and three people down the right. Who is at Matt McQueen's candlelit dinner? Anyone. Anyone. Dead, alive, family, loved ones or hated ones. Harry Potter can be added if you want. Yeah, I suppose it's going to be, uh, you're going to leave people off the list, aren't you? The obvious one that comes to mind is going to be Tiger Woods, besides you, isn't it? After the Masters. We can't say no to that. Um, and then we'll go for Jack Nicholas on the other side. So that's, that's the golf covered. Uh, who else will go here now? Um, Roy Keane. He's been at a few. He'd be well fed. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. Dinners. Roy Keane, and then we need to get some sort of musician in there. Who we go for? Maybe. I don't know. Skip musician. I think it's just going to be sports people. Maybe is it? So we'll go footballer Eric Cantona. He'd be good fun at the party. United fan. That's two United um, players. Yeah, but, yeah, big United fan. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. Oh, and Ten Hag, Ten Hag's our man. I know. Well, we'll say I'm not overly confident just yet, but yeah, well, hopefully he is. And then we'll go for. We're going to have to stick to golfers. I think Miguel Angel Jimenez would be pretty, pretty nice. Uh, He'll take care of the wine of the cigars anyway. Exactly. Yeah, he'll be a good conversation over dinner. And the last uh, one. Who's on the back right? We're going to go for, let me think, I, I will say Michael Jordan. Deadly. That's some table. Yeah. That's lovely. There's a few winners there, isn't there? You'd feel a wee there bit is, yeah. there's a, there's a... table. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be just sitting at the top table going, right, lads, you just have your own conversation down there. Yeah, and just record it. Just record it on your phone <laughs> yeah. for a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, come here to me. Have a have a great couple of weeks now. Chill out now for a day or two and get the get the, my plenty of coffee and walks. Yeah, so there's no, no better than yeah, chilling out. I've got a, yeah, a couple of days of not much and then, and then we're I'm down in Port Marnock on Thursday for a game uh, with a, nice. a member of Malone, and uh, we have a we have a four ball of just sort of friends playing on Friday, so we'll uh, we'll play a bit of golf and go out and have a few beers to celebrate after. Nice and relaxed. Well, if you if you fancy a game, you'll find me at the K Club Winter Series all winter every Tuesday. That's where oh, yeah. you find me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we might tee it up someday. Well, thank you very much for your time, Matt. And thanks again. Great win. You got you got the W. So you, we might, you might throw it up on Instagram when it arrives in the post in a week or two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I said uh, when it arrives, I'll definitely get a few pictures of it around the places. A few different places are probably going to want to see it. So uh, but I'll, be, I'll be all for that. Brilliant. Thanks again, Matt. Yes, Barry, thanks very much. That was Matt McLean, US, US Mid-Am Champ 2022 and now plays in the US Open, the US Amateur. Uh, gets through to further qualifying stages of PGA Tour School and most likely will play in the Masters, a tradition unlike any other. Thank you all for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, please do share it with the family, with the family and with some friends. Uh, if you really liked it or if you want to do me a favour, leave an old podcast review. I check them periodically, I try and get in touch with people and send them stuff. So if you want some free stuff, maybe, uh, leave that podcast review. Um, like Matt, I intend to down tools a little bit anyway, believe it or not, over the next couple of months from a golfing perspective. I'm looking forward to getting a, my TPI screening and program for the winter and coming back a different shape <laughs> and throwing different shapes in 2023. If that's something you're into as well, maybe you'd like the Beyond Scratch private uh, Facebook group we're uh, sharing approaches and what we're doing and trying to get better and I'm looking to coordinate workshops and we, we might all go over tea price screening together one big uh, group of us uh, you never know alright that's enough for this week I hope you enjoyed Matt and next week's show is with Hugh Foley a record setter history maker won the north and the south back to back narrowly beaten by Matt in the final of the USM and yeah, has had the year of years. So yeah, that's next week. Same bad time, new or new bad time, same bad channel. Uh, Mondays, eleven a.m. See you next Monday. Until we tee it up again soon. I'm Paddy. <laughs>